You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on my book, Sustainable Frontiers, Unlocking Change Through Business, Leadership and Innovation. Unlocking Change Through Technology Innovation How to use technology to make our planet more sustainable, not less. The drive for a circular economy means that investment is booming in clean and green technologies, but can they be implemented quickly enough to meet current challenges? The controversial demographer Paul Ehrlich distilled the essence of his somewhat apocalyptic 1968 book The Population Bomb into a simple equation. Impact, I, equals population, P, times affluence, A, times technology, T. Twenty years later, Ray Anderson, the sustainability pioneer and then CEO of Interface, asked the question, what if it were possible to move T, or technology, to the denominator so that technology reduces rather than increases impact on environment and the society? Anderson's challenge is the Apollo mission of the 21st century, a near-impossible project that, if achieved, will inspire generations to come. The only difference is that achieving a sustainable technology revolution, let's call it Mission SusTech, is playing for much higher stakes than J.F. Kennedy's space race. Failure is an option, and it's called overshoot and collapse. The good news is that Mission SusTech is well underway. This episode will spotlight trends, breakthroughs, cases and lessons on the development and transfer of sustainable technologies around the world. But be warned, it won't focus on the latest touted miracle technologies, but on the challenges of sharing, implementing and bringing to scale existing sustainable technologies. What are the trends? Not only is technological innovation booming, but it is rapidly shifting towards sustainable solutions. For example, many of the World Economic Forum's top 10 most promising technologies have a clear environmental and social focus, such as energy-efficient water purification, enhanced nutrition to drive health at the molecular level, carbon dioxide conversion, precise drug delivery through nanoscale engineering, organic electronics, and photovoltaics. This rapid growth is being fueled by significant investment in research and development and breakthroughs in sustainable technologies, as indicated by a spike in patent applications. According to the World Intellectual Property Organization, more patents have been filed in the last five years than in the previous 30 across key climate change mitigation technologies, or CCMTs. That includes biofuels, solar thermal, solar voltaics, and wind energy. Contrary to what some may think, emerging markets cannot automatically be assumed to lag on sustainable technological innovation. China and the Republic of Korea have filed the most patents in recent years across all four CCMT technology areas, while in solar PV, the top 20 technology owners are based in Asia. 
What does the future hold? The sustainable technology innovation wave is only just building. Research by McKinsey shows that improvements in resource productivity in energy, land, water and materials based on better deployment of current innovative technologies could meet up to 30% of total 2030 demand with 70% to 80% of these opportunities occurring in developing countries. Capturing the total resource productivity opportunity could save $2.9 trillion in 2030. We are living through the birth of what David King, director of the Smith School of Enterprise and the Environment at Oxford University, calls another renaissance in the Industrial Revolution. He says human ingenuity is the answer. We created the science and engineering technological revolution on which all our well-being is based. That same keen intelligence can point to the solutions to the hangover challenges and this requires nothing less than another renaissance. Tackling the food waste challenge with technology. The challenges of the 21st century will stretch our collective capacity for innovation like never before. Take food security. Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is first to find 175 to 220 million hectares of additional cropland by 2030. Second, to increase total food production by about 70% by 2050, most, mostly through improving crop yields. And third, to achieve all this without damaging the land, poisoning ourselves or impairing the health of our finite and already fragile ecosystems. The Food and Agriculture Organization estimates that meeting this challenge will require investment in developing countries' agriculture of $9.2 trillion over the next 44 years, about $210 billion a year, both from private and public sources. Just under half of this amount will need to go into primary agriculture and the rest into food processing, transportation, storage and other downstream activities. A priority will be finding ways to close the gaps between crop yields in developed and developing countries, which for wheat, rice and maize respectively are around 40%, 75% and up to 200% less in developing countries, all while using fewer resources and less harmful substances. This challenge is hard enough, but we also have to tackle the problem of 1.3 billion tonnes of food wasted every year, roughly a third of all food produced for human consumption. Fortunately, this is an area where technology can play a strong role and where the economic, human and environmental benefits are compelling. An assessment of resource productivity opportunities between now and 2030 suggests that reducing food waste could return $252 billion in savings, the third largest of all resource efficiency opportunities identified by a McKinsey study. Although food waste is highest in Europe and North America, it is also a problem in developing regions like Sub-Saharan Africa and South and Southeast Asia. According to the Food and Agricultural Organization, 
The total value of lost food is $4 billion a year in Africa and $4.5 billion a year in India, with up to 50% of fruit and vegetables ending up as waste. In developing countries like China and Vietnam, most food is lost through poor handling, storage and spoilage in distribution. It is estimated that 45% of rice in China and 80% in Vietnam never make it to market for these reasons. One of the most effective ways to reduce food waste is to improve packaging, for example by using MAP, Modified Atmosphere Packaging, a technology that substitutes the atmosphere inside a package with a protective gas mix typically a combination of oxygen, carbon dioxide and nitrogen, to extend freshness. This is a well-proven solution that calls for technology transfer rather than invention, which has been the approach of the Sustainable Product Innovation Project in Vietnam. Through the project, this technology has been applied to over a thousand small-scale farmers, resulting in reductions in post-harvest food waste from 30 to 40 percent to 15 to 20 percent. Another simple packaging solution being promoted in developing countries is the International Rice Research Institute Superbag. When properly sealed, the bag cuts oxygen levels from 21 percent to 5 percent, reducing live insects to fewer than one insect per kilogram of grain, often within 10 days of sealing. This extends the germination life of seeds from 6 to 12 months and controls insect grain pests without using chemicals. Besides improved packaging, a second way to reduce food loss and waste is through improved storage and transportation. A report on creating a sustainable cold chain in the developing world estimates that about 25 to 50 percent of food wastage could be eliminated with better, more climate-friendly refrigeration. For example, Unilever has committed to using HC or hydrocarbon refrigerants, which save 40,000 tons of CO2. Even when food waste cannot be eliminated, its impacts can still be reduced or even converted into benefits. For instance, animal byproducts from slaughterhouses that are normally incinerated or disposed of in landfills can be treated by a new technology called the APRE process. This can treat 11 tons of dead animals every day, producing 4,000 meters cubed of biogas, 60% of which is methane, and 44 tons of liquid fertilizer. The heat generated can be turned into electricity to be used in production or sold on. As we can see, many technological solutions to agri-food waste already exist and only need to be more effectively shared and affordably adapted to local contexts. However, as always, technology is only part of the answer something that Paris retailer Intermarche creatively, humorously and profitably demonstrates with its recent Inglorious Fruits and Vegetables campaign, which discounts and celebrates fresh food that does not comply with EU size and colour restrictions and would otherwise have been dumped. The sustainability revolution is as much about changing perceptions, attitudes and behaviours as about changing the technology.
meeting water and energy challenges in the agri-food sector. Worldwide, the overall growth in demand for agricultural products will require a 140% increase in the supply of water over the next 20 years compared to the past 20. While the bulk of this demand will be from irrigation, food processing plants can also be water-intensive. So, any technological innovations in the industry that can save water are welcome. One such innovation is by Mars Pet Care, which has developed a recirculation system that reduces the potable water used for cooling in its pet food production process by 95%. Wastewater is also down by 95% and gas by 35% through the use of a treatment method that keeps the water microbiologically stable. In Brazil, water used in sugarcane processing has gone down from 5.6 to 1.83 cubic meters per ton in recent years due to improved technologies and practices in wastewater treatment. Further reductions can be made by replacing the standard wet cane washing process with a new technique of dry cane washing. Of course, in food processing, it is not only volume of water that is important, but also the quality of water effluent associated with the manufacturing process. In Brazil, sugarcane is partly processed into ethanol. Venas is a byproduct of this process that pollutes water. Technological innovation shows that while in Brazil emissions of 10 to 12 litres of venas per litre of ethanol are standard, levels of 6 litres can be achieved. Other examples of innovative water quality solutions in the agri-food sector are brighter water, which has been piloted in the EU and uses intensified bamboo-based phytoremediation for treating dairy and other food industry effluent, and the vertical green biobed developed by Hippia, a school from the University of Applied Sciences of Western Switzerland, to improve water treatment of agricultural effluents. Besides water issues, agriculture is also very energy-intensive, accounting for 7% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Even carbon emissions associated only with direct energy use in the sector stand at 1.4% of the world's total. Energy efficiency technologies will certainly help, but there is an equally big innovation opportunity in generating energy from agricultural waste. The global biofuels market is growing rapidly and the next generation of sugarcane bagasse to biofuels technologies could expand ethanol production in key markets like Brazil and India by 35% without land or water intensification. Experiences in this rapidly growing industry suggest some lessons which can be applied to sustainable technology innovation more generally. The first lesson is technologies must be ready for market. There are always competing technological solutions at the research and development phase, but a critical test is which ones are ready to scale commercially. In the case of cellulosic biofuel technologies, despite early research into wheat straw and corn stover, sugarcane biomass ended up being more commercially attractive to big investors like Blue Sugars, Novozymes, Iogen, Beta Renewables, DSM, and Codexis. The second lesson is that partnership is critical for success. 
there have been few standalone projects announced. Instead, technology companies from the US and EU have generally teamed up with large aggregators of bagasse, like Ryzen and Petrobras. Apart from technology transfer benefits, access to already aggregated bagasse is economically essential. The third lesson is that policy support and market demand attract investment. Brazil is especially attractive as a technology transfer destination due to a combination of policy certainty and strong ethanol demand. This combination is also stimulating parallel next-generation biofuels. Most notably, Graal Bio and Praj have significant projects targeting other feedstocks such as straw. Investment in biofuels can also generate significant economic value for agri-food processors. During the sugarcane harvest, the leftover fibre is burned and converted into energy via bagasse to biogas production. In Nepal, the biogas support program installed over 250,000 domestic biogas plants in rural households, using cattle manure to provide biogas for cooking and lighting, replacing traditional energy sources such as fuel wood, agricultural residue and dung. Besides health benefits from less indoor smoke, the project has cut 625,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide. And in Rwanda there is a proposal, yet to be approved and implemented, for two biofuels companies, Ecofuels Global and Ecopositive, to invest $250 million and grow 120 million Jatropha trees, helping to make Rwanda self-reliant in biodiesel by 2025 and bringing jobs to 122 small oilseed-producing cooperatives with over 12,000 members.